good morning. Welcome to Sunday School. Thanks for being here this morning. It is 929. We're going to obviously allow for people to get on and uh, join with us as we get together. Um, thanks for being here, Mr. Fry, Mr. Riles, and family. You guys are right on time, as always. Appreciate that very much. I do have a musical selection I want to go ahead and play, and uh, I'm just going to uh, uh, get it started in, in, in between here uh, right now. Um, Psalm 23, this is an oldie but goodie. We've actually played this before on our program. Psalm 23, I Am Not Alone. Um, it's a live broadcast, People in Songs, featuring Josh Sherman. So uh, while well, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and play that, and we'll get started with the music and allow people to more people to get on and join with us. So let's do that right now.
Okay. Amen. Thank you. Uh, that was, again, um, the uh, Psalm 23 song. And, uh, of course, we'll give that the proper credit online after this is done. Um, thanks for being here this morning. Uh, it is Sunday, July 12th. Unbelievable. Welcome to Sunday School. Thanks for being here this morning. Thank you for everyone who's jumped with us online. <clears throat> and um, thank you for being here. We are... Uh, we have a busy morning, of course. We have a lot to cover. Um, first of all, just a quick note. Uh, we will be in Philippians, of course, just to make sure that you're aware. Um, Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 through 9 are what are verses we're covering this morning for Sunday school. But just some housekeeping that we need to do uh, getting started this morning. We will be uh, also online later and doing the drive-in worship service uh, and broadcasting online at about 11 o'clock. Uh, Pastor Donald Smith uh, will be presenting the message at church. Uh, as you know, Pastor Gus is still recovering, and we ask that you continue to pray for him in his recovery. He is doing fine, um, just has to take it day by day. Uh, that's kind of how it is when you're having uh, surgery. So by all means, uh, just keep him in prayer. Um, we probably will be in the back area um, uh, of the church today uh, because of the rain that we got yesterday, just so that we people won't have... Uh, uh, be in the in the in the wet grass. Uh, pardon me. Mosquitoes. And mosquitoes and all that good stuff too that goes with that. Um, we will um, uh, encourage you just to bring your lawn chairs anyway. It'll be nice outside today. Um, good morning, Vic. Uh, and uh, please also note that if you have offerings, please make sure that you provide those at church by um, dropping in the box on the side of the church. We, um, I'm going to go ahead and give the address for the church now if you are mailing your offering because I know I didn't do that last week because I remember. Um, uh, I said I was going to do it at the end of the broadcast, but uh, it's Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. 44320. Um, that's if you're mailing uh, your offering in. Uh, we appreciate you doing that while we're keeping the uh, building uh, uh, everything taken care of as far as the utilities are concerned, everything that needs to be done as far as what's happening with the church. Um, and we're going to be outside for the immediate future. We're not going rushing indoors. Uh, we, we have to develop contingency plans in the event that rain happens, but we'll work through those deals as we get to them. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. Okay, if you have your Bibles and your electronic devices with you, uh, please turn to Philippians chapter two, 4, chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 2 through 9. And uh, I trust that you've got your coffee. If you if you have coffee, we encourage you to have a relax and enjoy uh, this time on the air where we're kind of going over what the Word says and, and the Lord's direction. So we encourage you to do that uh, each and every Sunday um, because that's what I would do. Uh, so with that in mind, let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 through 9. I'll be reading the passage, and then we'll go back over it uh, and the details of the passage and make sure that uh, there are items of uh, note uh, for you to take uh, account of. And there is a theme today that's very, very important. Um, and I'll discuss that after I finish reading the passage. So let's start with uh, verse 2. I urge Yodia and I urge Sintiki to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written, or names are in the book of life. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. 
Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Now that is from the Christian Standard Bible for those who were wondering what passage that's from. And of course, uh, it is one of the more modern uh, versions and it pretty good, does, a, does a pretty good job of conveying exactly what Paul is trying to say here. So let's go back to the top now and take a look at what's being spoken of here. We've got a couple of themes here. Uh, one of them is a kind of a sub-theme in this first section of the passage is reconciliation. And you may not have picked up on that in the first reading. I'm going to look at the verse again, verse 2. I urge Yodia and I urge Sintiki to agree in the Lord. And that's your clue, agree. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of the co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, this is a subtopic within the topic, and one of the things that we're going to be talking about a little bit more today is about the level of anxiety and truly experiencing the peace of God in the midst of anxiety. And that's what the rest of this passage is about. But this first part here is actually dealing with an issue here where there's been a disagreement between the two ladies, Esiodia and Sintiki. There's a disagreement. And yet these both of these people were working very hard to try to bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this has to do with relationships. This has to do with a relationship. A relationship between two people who are by all accounts, believers who are contending in the faith, and there's a relationship there that was being was either broken or something happened where there was a disagreement of some sort. And what Paul was doing was calling to the attention the importance, not so much about issues of doctrinal errors, but just about relationships. One of the most important things in churches is making sure that relationships are civil, uh, are cooperative, and certainly, you're not going to be friends with everyone, but you certainly need to make sure that you are not having a dispute that is so public that it becomes disruptive. And that's what Paul was speaking of here. Because let's face it, if you know of two believers who are having an, an open spat or an open situation uh, that can harm others or cause others to stumble when you have people either taking sides or getting involved in something that probably isn't a good idea. So what's happening here is that they were working for Christ in the church, but it wasn't a, a small thing that they were having a broken relationship because there were many believers in the church and even around the church that were listening to them. So it was something that needed to be handled and dealt with. So you wanted to try to encourage them, if you can, to continue to work for the kingdom, but reconcile if there is an issue uh, between a brother and sister. Now, let me, again, clarify one thing that's very, very important, and we need to understand this, too. 
in the body of Christ, we all should have relationships that are at least tenable, where we're able to work with individuals and not get into disputes. You're not going to be friends with everyone. You are going to sometimes disagree. Uh, that's just the nature of what happens in, even in the body of Christ. But even in that disagreement, you need to resolve conflicts if they are such, in such a way that, A, they will be a bad testimony in the church, and B, it may even be, if you're the one involved in the conflict, uh, a situation where you are not actually listening to what the Lord is saying to you. You may be allowing uh, sin to get in the way. So there's all kinds of reasons why you want to reconcile with someone, and those are two very important reasons right there. So I'm not going to dwell on that too much because it is a matter of making sure that you do not allow the tensions of today, the issues of today, for example, to harm your relationships with fellow believers. And that will lead into what we're talking about here today, which there, you know, frankly, in this day and age, I had a conversation with a, uh, a young lady uh, at work who is still not able to get back to church. Um, she's not very comfortable getting to ch going to church. Um, it's a church that apparently may have challenges with social distancing, the way it's set up. And so that causes a little bit of anxiety. That causes a little bit of tension, especially if you're concerned about uh, catching something and getting a virus. Getting, it could be, you know, it could be getting a virus, getting the flu. It really doesn't matter. It, it, if, if you're not comfortable with it and if the situation is, is that uh, you don't like doing, you're not, you don't like the idea of going in and being around other people because it might be too close quarters, then that can cause some anxiety. That can cause some strife. That can cause some difficulty. Um, we need to understand that it's very important for us to look at that issue. But let me close this section here real quick about the reconciliation aspect real quick. Uh, by going, if you could turn, please, to Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 3. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 pardon me, verse 2, verse 2 and verse 3. We'll do that. Verses 2 and 3. And one of the things that's very important for us to understand, if we are truly following Christ and looking to Christ, we need to make sure that we are doing so in, in such a way where we are doing it as a body, as a church, in your own personal relationship with the Lord, as in your own family relationship, you're all doing it on one accord. Look what it uh, says here in Philippians 2, verses 2 and then verse 3. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being, full in, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And amen to that. That is exactly what we should be doing and we need to be reminded of this very thing, too, because the flesh is what allows us or does not allow us to do this very thing that is being talked about. We sometimes act out of selfish ambition or conceit. We sometimes do things in the flesh, and we sometimes need to understand that, that those actions can uh, be damaging in relationships with uh, the Lord, with the family, with the church. Those things are all need to be taken care of. We need to make sure that we're being humble enough to count ourselves more, count others more significant than ourselves. Okay, and the last part of verse 3 was very important because it actually referred to about 
along with Clement contending with the co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, I don't want to rush through that passage very quickly because if your name is in the book of life, that means something. That's very important. And Paul is referring to those individuals who truly are believers. And what it means, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have your name in a very, very good place, the book of life. And boy, I tell you, um, if I ever had a chance to see my name in the book of life, uh, when I finally do leave here, and you know, it's, gonna be, it's not going to be one of those, whew, wow, I made it type things. It'll be because I truly did believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, and I understand what that really represents. And that he counts me as being special uh, because he died on the cross for me. And having your name in the book of life is very, very important for us to see. That's a very, very important passage. Um, take a quick peek at Luke chapter 10. Luke 10. And we're going to look at verses 17 through 20. This is a very important passage because it actually talks about the 72 uh, people that Christ sent out to go out and proclaim uh, his name, uh, do healing, um, and do all the things that uh, Jesus had basically deputized them to do. It says in Luke ten seventeen, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And then verse 18, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And that's from the English Standard Version. So in other words, we're not to rejoice because we are able to do the things that uh, because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that God is able to provide the things, the talents we have, the gifts we have, the, the uh, abilities that we've been given. It's not about rejoicing for those reasons. It's about rejoicing because our names are written in heaven because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's talking about priorities, the priority of having uh, the blessing of being in the fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, forever and ever and that is exactly what we should be rejoicing about and so verse 4 if we go back to Philippians chapter uh, chapter 4 it says rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again rejoice and when he's giving emphasis to something like rejoicing it should make us think and give us pause to say why is he saying rejoice twice uh, he's saying it twice for a reason it's about a mindset everyone it's about a mindset about how you should be living for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about he's just saying it for the sake of saying it twice. He's saying it because he wants you to see the quality of life, the quality of life that God has given to you because you have this relationship in him and because your name is written in the book of life. And those are reasons alone to rejoice. Um, we can come up with other reasons. We can come up with reasons such as our health, maintaining our health, being protected and saved from any illness, and not just the, the coronavirus, any kind of illness, that we're able to do what we're able to do each and every day because God has enabled us to do so. And those are reasons to rejoice. I mean, you could spend a whole passage, or a whole sermon, talking about the word rejoice and what that really represents and what that means. So I want you to make sure that you understand 
Now, here's a man who's in prison talking about rejoicing. So there really is a very strong mindset that Paul has here, even though he is in prison, one of the worst places you can be. And he's still talking about in his letter to the Philippians to rejoice and saying it again, rejoicing. And it goes on from there in verse 5. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Now, what, do you, what does he mean, the Lord is near? Well, the Lord is near because we have a relationship with him where the Spirit dwells inside of us. But we also have asked questions recently about, is the Lord near? Are we talking about the end times? It, and are we talking about something happening in due course where we know the Lord is coming? And the answer is we don't know for sure, but we do know that every day that we live is one day closer to the Lord's return. Amen? Every day that we're alive is one more day closer to when the Lord returns. So we know that he is coming. He has promised that he is coming. And so with that in mind, let your graciousness be known to everyone. Do what is necessary to calm the fears and help people through a very, very tough time right now in our country. Um, a very tough time from where we live right now. You know, we have... Um, reports of the virus spreading getting more prominent not all that surprising to me because uh, the reality is is that uh, it's out there and the degrees just like when the flu was out there people were getting sick with the flu too uh, for the same reasons they're coming in close contact with people and we have to understand that this is we we have to rethink these things and think you know this stuff has been really going on all the time and we know that the coronavirus has some more serious implications uh, for some people, but ultimately what it comes down to is that God is the one who is bringing us through all of this and protecting us and keeping us. So if we re remember that, be gracious because of that protection. Be gracious because of everything that's happening right now, because the Lord is near. And understand something. You're being gracious. You're being kind. You're being considerate. You're being prayerful will help others who aren't as prayerful who help others who aren't as understanding, will help others who are extremely anxious right now. Um, we have to help each other through this whole process. And what it sometimes comes down to is getting back to what the Word says. The Word is giving us indicators as to how we should handle any situation. Now let's go further in the passage in verse 6 um, and understand that we need to make sure that our attitudes are overcoming any adversity, any issues that are taking place. No matter what was happening, Christ is near. The Lord is near. The Lord is present. Now verse 6. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And that verse is obviously a memory verse. Uh, we, we remember this verse because we've seen it before. And then we continue in verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God overcomes any anxiety that you're experiencing. That's exactly what the peace of God is supposed to do. The peace of God is supposed to help you through any situation or circumstance where you become anxious. And we know that we're not supposed to be anxious we're not supposed to stay anxious. But why are we being told that? Because God knows we get anxious. We have anxiety issues. 
And we know this because it's something that is written about even in the Psalms. He knows our very state of mind. He, write, he writes about anxiety. He writes about depression. He writes about the very things that we have encountered and will encounter because that's who we are. We're human beings. We're in the flesh, and these things are going to occur. And what God is doing here is just speaking to us to take the focus off of the anxiety part, but in everything, you're praying to God, you're making petitions to God on your own behalf, and you're being thankful and presenting this information to him. So you take the anxiety and you ball it up and you put it in a place where it becomes a focus of prayer as to how you are to look to the Lord in a situation like today or any time. There's a couple of uh, passages that are quite telling to look at real quick here. Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. And Matthew chapter 6, this is actually going to take us from verse 25 to the end of the chapter. And when Jesus is speaking, he is telling us exactly where your priorities should be. And he is saying that he acknowledges, yes, you are going to be anxious. He's telling you not to be anxious. So he's giving you exactly what to, to look at here. Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Let me move this over here so I can see it. Um, and it starts in verse 25 of chapter 6. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Well, now, if you really think about that verse, if you get stuck on the food and clothing part, you're going to stay anxious. You're going to remain anxious about things because you're now focusing on things that are less important than focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have to understand that you're not going to go hungry and you're not going to um, be parched to the point of death because you don't have anything to drink. You have both of those things. And ultimately what it comes down to is that God is the one who sustains you and gives you those very things. Let's take a look at verse 26. I'll give you an example further on here. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? One thing we've noticed when we've gone out and walked in the neighborhood, there's a lot of birds out there. A lot of birds. There are birds everywhere. You can hear them chirping. You can hear them tweeting. You can hear them. Uh, they're having babies. They're putting nests up. They're doing all kinds of things. Life is moving on for them, even in the midst of a pandemic. They're doing everything, and there's a lot of birds. And God has taken care of each and every one of them. And let's look at this, verse 27. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Good question. Verse 28. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. What Jesus is doing here is he's breaking down to you the very essentials of life, that you have those things, and you don't need to be concerned about those things. The lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Verse 29, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. And this is the key. It's about your faith. He works his way up to telling you that this, these issues are matters of faith. 
If you really want to see the Lord live in your life in a certain way, it has to do with faith. If you are obedient to the Lord and listening to him, something that I heard Charles Stanley mention in a message earlier um, uh, before uh, starting here, uh, one of the most important things about if you're listening to his will and being obedient to him, are you really listening to him and are you obedient to him? And one of those things that takes place or has to take place is faith. So verse 31, back to Matthew 6, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. There's the key. Seek the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom first. Verse 34, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And amen to that. If you didn't get anything else out of that passage, understand that you can't get past today. Today is the most important thing right now. Why worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow is tomorrow. You can't do anything about it in the same way that you can't add a single hour to your life by worrying about something. You shouldn't worry about tomorrow. Just take care of business today and really look to the Lord and focus on him. Now, this requires faith, and this requires listening to him, being obedient to him and his will. That's a very important thing to see here, too. So, if you are anxious about something, well, Jesus knows it. You know it. We're aware of it. But he wants you to take those moments of anxiety, those moments of worry and turn them into prayers. If you want to worry less, then you need to pray more. And that's really what it comes down to. Um, stop and pray if you're really worried. The best thing you can do is fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer. There's nothing better that you can do. Um, because in your doing that, you're focusing on what he has to say. You're focusing on what his words are for you. And you're understanding that he is going to help guide you through those moments of anxiety. Uh, one passage I want to look at real quick is John 14, verse 27. Because there is something that God gives to you when you truly are turning over these areas of anxiety to him. And we have all been anxious. If we're being honest about who we are and what's going on in our lives, we have all been anxious for different reasons. We've all had anxiety, and we've all dealt with anxiety. And, and these are things that we have to understand. But look what it says in verse 27. Uh, this is the English Standard Version, by the way. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Amen to that. But let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus is telling you there's no reason for you to be afraid even in the midst of a pandemic. There's no reason for you to be fearful if you're focusing on what he would have you to do. Um, and it is very important for you to see that there's no reason for you to be fearful or be afraid if you're focusing on him. Stop and pray. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you peace. If you're anxious, you need peace. You need to look to him for peace and that's one of the things that you almost have to train yourself to think this way remember satan does not want you to focus on jesus christ to receive this peace that he has because he knows that if you do receive it you've beaten satan you defeated him 
And one of the things that's really important for us to see is that God's peace is different from the world's peace. The world talks about, well, is the world even talking about peace right now? I don't know that it really is. There is nothing peaceful going on right now. We have everything under the sun that's going on that has everything to do with anything being anything but peaceful. Um, and that is something that we need to challenge each other even in this situation. Um, it's not about positive thinking. You know, positive thinkers, there's all kinds of people like, well, just be positive. Look on the bright side. Have the glass half full rather than half empty. Well, that only goes so far. It doesn't go very far at all, frankly. And especially if there's a lot of conflict, if there's a lot of bad feelings, if there are people out there who are just bitter or angry or giving, uh, giving other people a hard time. It comes from knowing, if you want to be peaceful, it comes from knowing that God is in control. God has been in control of this entire situation. Ever since December, January, when they first reported this virus was coming out, God was in control of it. God knew it was happening. God was allowing it to happen. Um, we don't understand why God, God allowed it to happen. Um, but I know, and, and only from the, from the point, standpoint of looking at Scripture and looking at it over and over again, God has allowed things to happen to bring people to him. That is universal. That is a universal truth in Scripture, that bad things have happened, even to good people, for the purpose sometimes of bringing people to him and focusing on him. So those are, those are very, very important things we need to understand. If you want to have your hearts guarded against anxiety, then we need to focus on Jesus Christ who gives us this peace. That's verse 7 again, in the, back in Philippians chapter 4. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So the last section here, in verse 8, back in Philippians chapter 4. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Now, that's not just a run-on sentence in Scripture, because there's a lot in that Scripture, in that passage. But what, is, what he's telling you to focus on, what Paul is telling the, the Philippian church to focus on, and he's telling you to focus on the same thing. Focus on what's honorable, what's just, justice, what's pure, what's lovely, what's commendable, um, Moral excellence, some Bibles just say excellence. This is a Christian standard Bible. Excellence, and it can be moral excellence. Of course, we're looking at morality today as being something that's twisted upside down and turned inside out. So we need to focus on those things where it's no longer an issue about wrong being right and right being wrong when it comes to believers. We need to believe right is right and wrong is wrong and stand by that. And dwell on those things. Focus on those things that are praiseworthy. That's exactly where we need to be. And that's something that we need to make sure that we're focusing our minds in that direction. And it should come out in our words and in our actions. Very important passage. Galatians 6.2 says to do what? Carry each other's burdens. And this way you're going to fulfill the law of Christ. Well, we need to understand that as believers, we're, there are going to be other believers who are going to need our help. And we need to make sure that we're also doing what is right, what is true, what is pure, what is honorable before those individuals and helping them through this tough time, this tough situation. So we focus on those things that are pure, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, 
all of these adjectives that are being mentioned here. And then Paul sums it up in verse 9. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. So he's basically saying, emulate me. Look at my example. Look at what I've done. Yes, I was a sinner at one point, but now I have an appreciation for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I still sin, but I know I need to go right back to God through all these situations where I'm praying to him, I make petitions to him, I'm making sure that uh, God is giving me peace in the midst of being in prison. He's helping me through this situation, and I know that the Lord is with me, and I am confident that because I am with him and he is with me, that I am in the book of life. And these are all truths that are being taught here uh, in this passage. Not that many verses, but boy, they are action-packed. They are full of information to help us. But what we need to take away from today in this particular message, in this particular passage, is that we need to make sure that we are in unified as a body in the body of Christ. We help people through conflicts and help them to reconcile if we need to. And we need to make sure that we go directly to God for his peace in the midst of anxiety. We have all these lessons here that are very, very appropriate. And these are all exhortations to the Lord because of his goodness that he can do for us. And we need just to trust in him and trust in him that he will deliver us. Now, here's the deal. All of us who are here together online, he has delivered us. We are being delivered today. We are being delivered every day. We are being delivered each day from our sin. We're being delivered each day from our transgressions. We're being delivered each day from our bad attitudes. We are being delivered each day from those areas of conflict in our lives where we are not truly seeking after him, and yet he has paved the way, if we just turn to him, that he delivers us, and he has continued to deliver us. Um, he delivered, he, he saved my mother. Uh, he gave my mother eternal life through salvation. He saved my mother from COVID-19. She is still healed and she is still doing well. And praise the Lord for that. And these are all things that are very important for us to understand that these are examples for us that he delivers us daily, daily delivers us from these things that we encounter each day. Um, have you turned the TV off yet? There are some things that you just don't really want to keep putting in your mind every day. And he delivers us daily from these things. Are you, are you allowing bad news to permeate your life to the point where you're just not paying attention to, to what Jesus is doing anymore? So turn that TV off. Uh, it comes down to you need information, no question about it. You need to be aware of what's going on. But I know I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. Uh, I really believe as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ... Put some stuff in front of you that's going to be honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, turn on the TV, watch Charles Stanley. Um, go listen to podcasts. Go do those things that are going to have you focus on what the Lord is telling you in your life and not on what TV news is telling you because TV news is going to give you nothing but bad news. TV news is not going to drive you anywhere but crazy if you allow it to. If you focus on what's important, you need to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have to say these things sometimes because we live in a world where we understand, yes, we want to know what's going on, what's happening, and these things are all very important. But I also know from personal experience, the more garbage you put, garbage in, garbage out, that's what you're going to get. And so you don't want garbage in, garbage out. You want Jesus in 
and praise the Lord. That's what comes out, praises. Because you know when you have Jesus come in and you're rejoicing in him and you're saying it again, rejoice, you know why you're rejoicing, because it's God's goodness in your life. And that's exactly where we need to focus. So let me summarize this whole thing. Understand that we need to know the word of God and know it well. Look at what the messages have been. Look at what Jesus is speaking of in his word. And now it comes down to, do you believe it? And are you obedient to him? Are, is your faith in such a way where you're truly listening to him? If you're listening to him and waiting on him and focusing on him, are you exercising that faith? Because you need to be faithful. You've got to live out the meaning of what the word says. You have to live it out, and it leads to obedience. It helps you to be obedient to his word. If you want to focus on what Jesus is saying, start with obedience. Start with listening to what he's saying. What he's saying is true. It requires faith for sure, but you're not going to understand everything, but it does require faith. Have faith. Have faith as we go through these hard times and these difficult times. Okay. Um, that covers Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 through 9. You're welcome to ask questions, uh, even in the comment section. Um, and we'll go back and over those questions offline. And if you want to answer some questions, we'll be happy to help you with that. We know that the limitation with Sunday School Online sometimes is that you can't interact as well um, online. Uh, you could, but sometimes people choose not to do that. Some people would rather just maybe ask questions on the side, so we make it, make it available for you to do those very things. We encourage you to use the resources on AkronAlliance.org as well as uh, through our Facebook page because we have all the previous messages uh, that are broadcast, uh, podcasts. We have the online messages as well, too, available through links that go to our Facebook page. So all of these are resources that we have as well, too. Um, we encourage you to look at those resources, look things up, do searches in the website, and it'll take you, if you have a question about something, it may take you to a certain page, a certain sermon, a certain message. Uh, please use those resources. If you have questions, ask them. What does Jesus say? Ask. And, you know, he says in, in Matthew 7, 7, seek and you will find. Ask questions. That if you knock on the door, it'll be open for you. That is what our daily attitude and philosophy should be. We should be asking questions. When there's uncertainty out there, ask the questions. Ask God of the questions. And hopefully he will, you will hear him speak to you very clearly. You have to train yourself for that too, by the way. Do you know how, when God is speaking to you? Do you know when God is saying something to you? Do you know when God is speaking to you very specifically? Does he have to yell at you to get your attention? Or are you able to hear him when he just whispers? And so this is something to pray about. This is something to pray about. Something to pray for to make sure that you hear God speaking to you. Uh, if you want to be obedient to him and act according to his will, you're going to need to know how he speaks to you. And everybody's different. So we need to make sure that you're challenging uh, the Lord. Lord, speak to me. Ask him. Ask him to say something to you. Ask him to say something as specific to you as far as what he would have you to do in your life and in these lives and times right now. Let him speak to you. Amen? Amen. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you for the reminders of just praying to you. 
as to where we are and what we're doing. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for those reminders time and again just to stop and reflect upon you. And, Lord, you know that we do get anxious because you've told us as much that we do. So you'd ask us, Lord, not to stay in that moment of anxiety, but to turn that anxiety directly to you and give it directly to you and pray to you and make petitions to you and just seek you with all of our hearts. We thank you for those teachings. We thank you for giving us the ability to say rejoice. We want to rejoice you. We want to celebrate you. We want to give you praise. Help us to understand the meaning of the things that we do in even greater detail. Lord, we don't want to be just robots. We want to look to you and do what your word has to say, but we want to feel that word deep within. And in doing so, we have a greater understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ throughout our day, throughout these times. We thank you for the Spirit being the indwelling teacher for those of us who believe. And Lord, for those who don't believe, those who do not know you, Lord, I pray that you meet with them right now. I pray that you make it very clear to them of their need for a Savior. I pray that you just go after them and do what's necessary to remind them that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through you, Jesus Christ. We thank you for those teachings and we thank you for those promises. Bless us, Lord, as we help to deal with the world today. Help us to be an encouragement to others. Help us to carry the burdens of others as well, too, in prayer. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And with that in mind, we're going to move on um, and head down to Akron for the drive and worship service. And as far as carrying others' burdens, I'm sure that you remember to include Pastor Gus in your prayers as he continues to uh, recuperate uh, from the surgery. Um, is good so far. We just want to keep uh, keep him upright, keep him moving around. Um, want to deal with that numbness in one leg, which very well could be swelling that just needs to go down to get off of a nerve. So um, those are all positive things. There's nothing really negative to report at this point. So the bottom line is that uh, we want to keep praying for his recovery and keep praying for him. So thank you again for being here this morning. Uh, we're going to head down to Akron and get uh, take part in the drive-in service. Uh, I just thank you for being here every Sunday morning. Uh, we're going to do this as long as we can, and we pray that you'll be with us each time. Um, thanks so much for being with us, and uh, we'll see you next time.